Thank you for joining us here at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville with First Love Ministries for the second Sunday of Advent. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon for today, Advent in Plain Sight, Tears. Our liturgist today is Janet Chipman. The lighting of the second Advent candle, Peace, is being done by Larry and Nancy Bork. The special music selection today is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, performed by Andrew Solterman as a trumpet solo. Our New Testament reading comes to us from Revelation 7, 13 through 17. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke 7, 36 through 39, and then 44 through 50. The Advent season invites us to be honest with ourselves and our God, to confess our sins against God and one another. Come, let us pray together our prayer of confession. Holy God, refine us with your mercy and love. Purify us with your compassion and grace. Guide us from our aimless wandering, that we might walk in your ways and live in your truth. Refine us, that we might again be people of mercy and love. Purify us, that we might again be people of compassion and grace. In your gracious love, we pray, amen. Last Sunday, we lit the first candle of our Advent wreath, the candle of hope. Today, we remember the hope that Christ will come again to fulfill all of God's promises to us. The second candle of Advent is the candle of peace. Peace is a word that we hear often. It is one of the things that we hope for. Christ brought peace when he first came to us, and he will bring everlasting peace when he comes again. The prophet Isaiah called Christ the Prince of Peace. When Jesus came, he taught people the importance of being peacemakers. He said that those who make peace shall be called the children of God. Today we light the candle of peace to remind us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and through him, peace is found. Peace is like a light shining in a dark place. As we look at this candle, we celebrate the peace we find in Jesus Christ. Let us pray together the prayer in your bulletin. Thank you, God, for the peace you give. As we wait for Christ to come again, we pray that you will be present with us. 
Help us today and every day to worship you, to hear your word, and to do your will by sharing your peace with each other. We ask this in the name of the one who was born in Bethlehem. Amen. scripture reading is from Revelation 7, verses 13 to 17. Let us listen to the word of God. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
we're ready for Advent with a trumpet sound like that. Thank you for sharing your gift today. Now let us listen to the gospel lesson to us from the gospel of Luke chapter 7, beginning with the 36th verse. Now this isn't a normal, typical Advent scripture reading, but as I'm going through that devotional, Advent in plain sight, this was one of the lessons before us. And I thought it is a lovely lesson, and it has something for us to hear specifically during Advent. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love, but the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness, it was the epic of belief, it was the epic of incredulity, it was the season of light, it was the season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. Many of us know this from Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. In fact, it sounds like it's written about us here today. On the one hand, the holidays are filled and brimming with joy. We also find a winter full of despair. Even with a healthy dose of holiday cheer, we discover that the holiday blues are very real. We discover that the season brings with it depression and anxiety financial stress, social and emotional isolation, uncomfortable memories, overscheduling, unrealistic expectations, stress and fatigue, 
the inability to be with one's family and friends. We miss those who we will not see face to face this year. And so as we head straight toward Christmas, we recognize it is the best of times and the worst of times. It is the age of wisdom and the age of foolishness. It is the season of light and season of darkness. It is the spring of hope and winter of despair. As I read through the devotional Advent in Plain Sight, this week's object is tears. Now, if you're not exuberant about sharing emotions, you're in good company and probably well-versed with these lines that Reverend Jill Duffield shares, never let them see you sweat. Fake it until you make it. Keep calm and carry on. Suck it up. Button up. Buck up. Soldier on. In her devotional, Reverend Duffield expresses what we all feel about sharing emotions. Explicitly or implicitly, I learn not to let my feelings show. To do so reveals weakness, vulnerability. In a work setting, tears were verboten, unprofessional. Do not make a scene. However, in our gospel lesson, we meet a woman who is unafraid to share emotion. And for the private Midwesterners who prefer, prefer, like Reverend Duffield, probably many of us, not to make a scene, we may cringe to help escort, and we get uncomfortable when we read this scene in the gospel of Luke. She's sharing all her emotions. We may want to help escort this distraught woman out of the building. She refuses to cooperate. And Jesus sees her as something other than a sinner, and her tears become something very powerful in this space. They become tears of repentance that open the way to rebirth. Jesus seems to seek out those who know what it means to sow long seasons of tears. He goes to the demoniac and lepers excommunicated from society. He finds the chronically ill, the despised tax collectors, the women about to be stoned for adultery. They're all tears in these places. Was humbled by circumstances, some out of their control and some of their own making. And it's in our gospel lesson that Jesus makes a point to stop the Pharisee and all of us who are uncomfortable with sharing emotion. For her tears and her touch, her weeping and her outpouring of precious ointment is absolutely appropriate, right and good. Essentially, he's saying her uncontrollable, over the top reaction to him, ought to be ours too. God of creation breaks into this world as a child, telling us that it's right and good to let our tears flow. He lived in such a way that he finds us as we are, and it's okay not to be filled with holiday cheer. Jesus wants us to be real 
And real people are vulnerable. Real people don't feel comfortable expressing feelings and emotions. Real people can't always skip over the holiday blues. That is why Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He understands what tears are. God himself has shed tears. It takes a lot for someone to be vulnerable, even with their pastor, but I've discovered the pillars in the church, the people we look to when things get tough, you know who those folks are, most likely endured something very difficult in their past. There are folks here in this church, some in our midst, who have been through fire, who have battled, who have struggled, who have lost. And they are the very ones whose faith we lean on. Reverend Duffield chairs of one such person. When I needed not just an instructive word, but one of hopeful faith, I called her. I learned that when she was a young mother, she had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer, not given good odds for survival and told to prepare for brutal treatment that may or may not save her life. She endured rounds of chemotherapy, multiple surgeries, radiation, and all the pain that accompanied it, all while attempting to tend to her preschool-aged children. When I came to know her, those children were grown and having children of their own. Miraculously, she survived and remained cancer-free. Her tears had sown in her a great joy for life and given her a humility and gentleness through which she saw the world as a result. Having gotten to the other side of a near-death experience, she praised God for every moment, no matter how mundane. I loved working with her because her answer to whatever was before us, whatever request, whatever challenge, was an unwavering sense that with God's help, we would figure it out. Her tears had sown an abundant harvest of hard-worn one faith that she in turn shared joyously to the world. It's in people like this woman, in people who surround us in our church family, where we see tears. And these tears sow an abundant harvest of hard-won faith. So as we head straight toward Christmas, we know that Advent celebrates the Christ child, but it also promises the return of Christ. And Revelation 7 paints a picture of how this story ends. Today's reading, we're reminded of what God promises, that God will wipe every tear, alleviate hunger and thirst, gather all people from north and south and east and west. So it's okay to be real right here and now when we live in the midst, in the best of times, in the worst of times, in the spring of hope and the winter of despair, we wait. We wait for the Christ child to be born and the return of Christ. And just as we learn from Mary and many followers who are faithful beyond her, 
some things are worth crying about. Tears of repentance can lead to rebirth. Tears sown can become an abundant harvest of hard-won faith. For it's in Advent, we live in the midst of winter and spring, of despair and hope. In Advent, we see the light shining in the darkness. In Advent, we know how this story will end. So we don't need to suck it up or fake it until we make it because God will wipe every tear away from our eyes. There won't be any hunger or thirst, but rather a feast for all of us. Today is our opportunity to be real, and that can bring us Christ's peace. As we share communion together today, as we approach the feast that Christ prepares, I challenge you to be real before God in those moments. When you eat the bread of life, push down the barriers that are surrounding us, For Christ is coming and you don't need the world's protection. When you drink the cup of salvation, let your tears roll down. For Christ is coming and you don't need to be strong. Tears of repentance can lead to rebirth. Tears sown can become an abundant harvest of hard-won faith. Tears shed in Advent. Bring Christ hope and peace, joy and love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjack slash and join our Monday First Pres Jack's community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org donate and make your contribution there or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 
217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at firstpresjacks.org. 